Good evening to you and yours. It is Saturday, October 8th, 7.55 p.m. I'm a little bit late on my post game, and uh, I, I had a, a funny afternoon when it comes to watching Purdue. Like many of you, um, I've got uh, kids stuff that happened in the afternoon. Unfortunately, the kids stuff was right in an inopportune time for uh, me enjoying my Boilermakers victory over Maryland, 31 to 29. Pardon me, 31 to 29 in uh, in Maryland. Purdue improves to four and two. I'm going to talk about it before I get to it. Let me thank uh, my sponsors, our sponsors. Thanks to AJ's. If you're if you're in town, if you're at Purdue. Head over to AJ's on Vine, eataj's.com if you want to do a little pregame, check out what they've got there. Uh, burgers, beef, fun, the whole thing. Um, uh, burgers, beef, and beer is what they say. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the mac and cheese bites should get a lit, uh, look, and so should the uh, funnel cake fries. We talked about that on, um, uh, we talked about funnel cakes uh, on the Handsome Hour this week. But they got funnel cake fries, and we just failed to even mention them, and that's a darn shame. So, Head over to AJ's if you want to eat unhealthy, if you want to eat delicious, and if you want to enjoy some a great time with your pals, uh, eataj's.com. And of course, uh, Martin Vintage, Martin Vintage Purdue family, making uh, Purdue gear, traditional stuff, soft t-shirts, martinvintage.com, interboiled at checkout for 15% off. So if you were like me, you headed into the game with a little bit of trepidation, but if you remember from the handsome hour, I actually, I believe, I, I believe I documented that I think, I thought Purdue would beat Maryland. This tough month of October filled with potential pitfalls. It looked like Purdue may have a uh, very, very hard October two weeks ago before they started uh, hitting their stride as a team. Purdue's now 2-0 and in October, and my goal for this team was to get to 3-1, and and it looks like 4-0 and could be a real possibility as the schedule unfolds. And there's some good things happening. Purdue's getting healthy. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that's happening right now. Aiden O'Connell looks a little bit better than he did last week. Uh, he had a, a partial week of practice, from what I understand. And maybe the biggest news is Jalen Graham returning. Jalen Graham has been out for a long time with a, uh, I think, micro fractures on his tibia. I think that's right. It's, it's the non-weight-bearing uh, bone. Doesn't matter to me. Sounds painful. Um, and he was hurt last season. He's got himself back into health. I watched a little bit of his post-game comments. He said he feels great. Um, he looked really, really good. He's really important. I'm going to read the uh, stats here in a second, but I haven't gone over them. I think he had nine tackles. Um, awfully, awfully good day. There's a lot of interesting things that happen before I get into the, the nuts and bolts of the, of the statistics, but some of the, the really cool things that happen, of course, um, Purdue's offense, defense, and special teams and coaching had the chance to, uh, show off a little bit, do some big things and they did it. Uh, when when Purdue needed plays to be made, uh, they made those plays. Winning on the road is hard. When you're a road dog, uh, there's real money on the line. I don't bet on football, but I do look at Vegas because there's there's uh, real belief that okay, this is the team that probably should win. Maryland got the standard three point home nudge, um, but Purdue uh, Purdue is a team that all of a sudden looks the part as what we thought they could be this season. Of course, Payne Durham was probably the best player on the field most of the day. I think at over 100, uh, I think 105 yards receiving. And that play, the I believe it's a 59-yard reception, um, reminiscent of the game versus Tennessee, reminded us all why he is just a big-time guy. He's one of the most important players on Purdue. 
I think I counted four Maryland players trying to make the tackle at one time or another. First, it was a brutal right stiff arm to the helmet of a Maryland cornerback who looked like he was just shell-shocked by the power of it. And then he head-butted a safety to the left, and then he just started carrying people, all four of them, before his buddy, Marshawn Rice, came up and pushed him for at least five to seven yards. If you don't know this, Rice is a big dude. He's as big as some tight ends in America, and he showed his strength there. Um, pretty, pretty darn awesome. Um, great effort. It was absolutely important. It was imperative for that game. Purdue was down at that point, if you remember. Um, and Payne Durham came up, got him down to within the five, and it looked like Purdue was just going to try to sit on the ball. Um, Aiden O'Connell kind of dove twice into the line. Uh, timeouts were called, like maybe for, by both teams. And then Purdue gave it to uh, Devin Mockaby, Purdue's uh, emerging star at running back where he just punched it in. Uh, Maryland was kind of focusing on the middle once again, and Purdue put points on the board, and then kind of the weird stuff started happening. Another one-possession game for those keeping score at home, Purdue's 3-2 and two in those one-possession games, and all the wins have come in the last few weeks. Purdue has, like we said uh, during the handsome hour, and like many of you have probably thought, Purdue is a very battle-tested team. They are now winning the games that are close. It's a pretty nice place to be, especially on the road. That's a really tough thing. Was there some bad officiating? Oh, you bet there was. Big Ten officials will do their best to do poorly when it comes to officiating. Um, and there were some calls that were very questionable. I'm not going to lie to you. That Cam Allen jump that he got on the block, uh, block point after, that was a big deal, right? Because it put Purdue up uh, one point, or it put, pardon me, it put Maryland up six points. Was that a big deal? Sure. Was he offsides? I'm not going to tell you he was offsides there. I don't think that was the one that I would be worried about. If you're a Maryland fan, you could say, wow, uh, we, Maryland, had chances to win this game. If you're a Purdue fan, you could say, wow, Purdue really went in and at the end made plays when they needed to. Do you like the um, prevent defense that Purdue was throwing at Maryland towards the end there? I talked to a good friend of mine. He used to coach football. He said, you know, when you're up seven, the prevent defense might be a problem. When, you, when you're up eight, you're really asking a team to do a lot in that short of time. It was just a little over two minutes and Maryland got the ball they went downfield. There was a, actually a very smart pass interference. It wasn't the boneheaded thing we've seen in the past. And the reason I say that, Cam Allen was the help defense. Uh, he, was, uh, he was not a nickelback. I think he came over in the zone, um, and he, Maryland was going to score. So instead of Cam Allen allowing the touchdown, he bit the bullet, took the pass interference because he had busted the coverage a little bit, and it, sl it took a little bit longer. Uh, I think that was actually a smart play. Purdue only had six penalties today. That's a big deal. It's improvement. I think they had four versus Minnesota. But now you may see, we may be seeing a newer, smarter, wiser Purdue emerging right now as they get healthier and as they get a little more experience and as they kind of figure out who they are. Purdue's now had four and six penalties in two straight, year, uh, two straight weeks. Compare and contrast that with the Syracuse game and the Penn State game. I think Syracuse was 12 penalties, well over 100 yards. And versus Penn State, I think it was nine penalties for the high 90s in yards. That's costly. Um, but Purdue is playing better football right now. Um, if you want to say one thing that frustrated me, if you want me to, if you want me to be critical, I can do that. Of course, you know me. I can get pretty negative pretty quickly. You probably listen to Handsome Hour if you're here. Appreciate you. Um, but the play calling for me is tough to swallow at times. Uh, Jeff Brom obviously has a bag of tricks that's pretty sizable. One of the bag of tricks plays that I thought was so brilliant, if you watch, Purdue was bringing in a fullback much of the day. Um, 
uh, darn nabbit, if I can't remember his name, I'll look at the box score. I'm trying to not cheat and look at the stats early. But they had a play where the it was set up over the course of the game. Purdue kept bringing in this tight end. 41, I joked, is that Thieneman? Um, I'll tell you who it was. He was one of 10 receivers to uh, to have a reception at, uh, with the help of Aiden O'Connell. Um, Dag Nabbit. Doesn't even look like he's listed here. But he had a, the, the um, I don't, oh, there it is. Ben, Fer, ben Fertney. Okay. I apologize to Ben and his family if they're watching. That was awesome. It was incredible. It was a total curveball. I didn't see that coming. But if you watch the play, Maryland didn't even care that Fertney was on the field because they had watched him over and over just be the blocker. I think he was in on blocking downs two or three times, right? And so Brom brought it on that play. The other one, Payne Durham said in the postgame, he was shocked to hear that he was going to get the ball there because um, he thought Purdue's probably going to run the ball. Nope. They're going to pass it. They're going to run a seam route. And guess what? You're the guy, Payne, and Payne did big things with it. That was really cool to see. Um, my whole point is is Jeff Brom has a bag of tricks. He has a very good playbook he can use, and he wasn't using it early in the first half. Purdue got got a very uh, a gift of a possession. We talked about this versus Minnesota. Purdue had short field. They got on the 45, and they went three and out almost right away. It looked like a lot of vertical routes. There, was no, there were no slants. Uh, not a great uh, series. Then Purdue got the ball again a couple minutes later, this time on the other side of 50, but pretty close to the midfield, and they did the same thing. Very, very short possession. Those possessions add up, and it reminds me of the difference between this, the philosophy of this Purdue coaching staff versus the philosophy of the last really good era of football when Tiller was there. Obviously, that was a different thing because Tiller's team were all predicated on slinging the ball around, um, and if they got a gift possession, they would go at the throat of a team, right? They'd set up a play, and then maybe next play, they'd be going deep. That's not really Jeff Brom's M.O. It's okay. But for me, it's kind of a tough thing to have missed opportunities, especially when these games are all one possession. Keep putting the game in the defense's hands. That's a lot to ask over and over. Um, but the defense rose to the occasion today, I'd say, because of the really the two-point conversion more than the um, that last possession by Maryland. Two-point conversion, uh, there was another call on Maryland. The first one was legal man downfield. If you watch that play, if you understand football, it really looks like Maryland's line was kind of split in their understanding of the play. Two of the guys ran, they were really run blocking, and they were well into the end zone. Two linemen, two down linemen. You can't go that, that far down the field. That's a very easy call for the officials to make. So their uh, wide, rec wide receiver was wide open in the right-hand corner, that two-point conversion was taken off the board. The Maryland fans continued to celebrate as they didn't understand the situation. They called the play. They made the right call. They made an easy call. That's, that's a simple play for an official to make because it's so obvious when a, when a lineman gets three, four, five yards down the field. Watch it again if you, if you doubt it. They're in the end zone, um, and they're clearly run blocking because it looks like they think something's coming to the right, and uh, it didn't happen that way. The next play, it's a lot harder two-point conversion in this one, Purdue. Uh, holds him after after uh, Tunga Viola throws the ball in the back of the end zone. Um, and it, if he would have come down with it, he would have been out of bounds, but he, he sailed the ball a little bit. Um, I like uh, Talia Tunga, Tunga Viola. Um, he seems like a likable dude. I think both the, the brothers are likable guys. Um, he was beside himself after that game, kind of heartbroken, um, and I understand why. He played pretty darn well. Um, I made a, my hot take uh, prediction for this game was that he wouldn't finish the game. If you watched it, he's still hobbled. His knee's not right, 
but he gutted it out. He played the entire game, played very well. He scrambled well, kept plays going, kept his eyes down the field. He's a very, very good player. Um, and Purdue was just a shade better, just a shade better. But I'll tell you, if you guys are anything like me, you probably wish Purdue could win one of these games going away. All right, I'm going to go over the stats real quickly here. Aiden O'Connell finished the game. I think he was uh, 74% pass completion. Looks like Aiden O'Connell again, 30 for 41, 360 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and an interception that went right through Charlie Jones' hands. It was a little behind Jones, uh, but I liked that play a lot afterwards. I'll tell you the thing I liked about it. If you watch it, it's thrown, it's a, it's a, kind of a modified drag route and uh it was thrown behind him wasn't a great throw but when it hits both hands of a big time receiver i think generally in my opinion the receiver should come up with it jones did not come up with it uh the ball goes through his hands goes right into the maryland player's hands it was funny if you watch that replay goes in his hands ricochets off his foot it looks like it hits the ground it ricochets off his foot and it comes straight back up into his hands he makes the catch he's probably a little surprised he got that and that's uh o'connell's one interception um but uh uh, Jones had a Jones had a pretty solid day, and um, Purdue's receivers had a really good day. Like I said, ten Purdue receivers. Um, well, Jones only had fifteen yards receiving. See, this is the thing when you look at you look at stats on the fly like this, it gets it's kind of like a little a Christmas present. You're getting little uh, little bonus. And I didn't know he had that few yards. Um, clearly, Maryland wanted to take him away from Purdue. But the end result was they were dropping guys really far back in coverage. Purdue expected this, and Payton Durham really feasted off that. Payton Durham led all receivers, seven receptions, 109 yards. Uh, that 56-yarder, I thought it was 59, sorry. 56-yarder uh, was huge. Uh, Marshawn Rice had that great touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone. Um, Aiden O'Connell put that thing in a place where nobody else could get to it um, in the first half, the left-hand corner of the end zone. That was an amazing play. Tyrone Tracy, three receptions, 48 yards, pretty solid day. Sheffield had a huge catch. He had four, four catches, 48 yards, but a huge catch across the middle in the fourth quarter, kept the drive going. That was a big deal. Maccabee had 30 yards receiving, another great catch out in the left flat. Um, Brom says that uh, he's, that's not his strong suit. But Dagnabbit, if Maccabee hadn't fooling everybody, including himself, to look like a receiver. Ben Furtney had a, a catch for 20 yards. Great play. Dylan Downing, two catches for 17 yards. Charlie Jones, three for 15. Paul Paferi, who was important in places other than just receiving the ball. Paul Paferi continues to look like a Big Ten tight end, guys. It's awesome. And Andrew Swinsky had a catch. And then he had a big um, – they, they tried to go deep on Swins with Swinsky. I thought that was an unusual call because he's not the – I don't know if he's the first option, but maybe that was a read, a deep read by O'Connell. Uh, on the rushing side, of the, the Purdue did not run the ball very well. Did not run the ball very well, and that's not much of a surprise. I thought Purdue would be able to pass it a little bit easier. I thought O'Connell might get 400 yards. They didn't quite get there, but thanks to Payne Durham's uh, heroics, he nearly got there. But uh, the leading rusher was, was Maccabee with just 26 yards, 13 carries, only averaged two yards a carry. Not great. Um, Jalen Graham, like I said, I thought he led the team in tackles. He did, nine tackles. Uh, Sanusi Kane had a big day, six tackles. Uh, Corey Trice uh, came up pretty big. Uh, he got burnt on one play, if I remember correctly, in the first half. Um, trying to get rid of that one, but uh, uh, Corday Sindor had uh, three tackles, but he had two for a loss. That's a big deal. And he had one specifically where he shed his man. It looked like he jumped on uh, Tunga Viola. It was like he beat his man, and then he just kind of looked like a big bear with his claws and his teeth. But he jumped all over Tunga Talia Tunga Viola. I don't know if I'm saying any of that right. Uh, Talia Tunga Viola. 
um, and had that. Uh, that was an important sack. Jack Sullivan had a decent game, three tackles, and continues uh, the momentum. Wahlberg had another good game. Um, I think he had three tackles. He had a missed tackle that was kind of important in the third quarter, but we're not going to focus on that. That's a pretty darn good game, and um, Purdue, very, very solid effort. A lot of guys getting involved, but I think the really neat thing is having 10 receivers catch the ball. That's huge, and uh, Aiden O'Connell, when he's playing really well, he's spreading the wealth around. That's what AOC, AOC does, right? All right. Hey, we got some people that are live. Appreciate you guys being here. A couple comments. Uh, Mohill93 says, Boiler Up from Maryland. It's awesome. I hope you were at the game. Uh, that's incredible if you were. It's always fun to be on a road game. Sometimes I lose my nerve right before the game. Um, but I used to travel a lot, before, a lot more before we had kids. Uh, my wife and I would go to road games, went to Illinois, went to Northwestern, went to pretty much every place but the West. And... Um, yeah, that's about it. My, my son just, I think, knocked over the table in the other room. I don't know if that mic picked that up. Uh, John Younger says, uh, just need the DBs to keep things in front of him. No doubt, John. And that's that's the the biggest problem for this team for much of this year has been that. And if they could learn how to do that, it would alleviate a huge amount of woes and probably keep the games from getting too close. But I don't know if they're going to. Um, the yards after catch are still painful for the defensive backfield. Got to figure something out there. Um, Ted Berkey said, missed the game, happy with the win. Ted, go watch it on DVR. It's a lot of fun, especially the fourth quarter. It's pretty wild. Um, I think it was 17-17 to 17 coming into the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly, and the final score is 31-29. So a lot of action in that fourth. Um, the middle quarters were, uh, I don't want to say boring, but they were a little bit sloppy, a lot like the Minnesota game. Uh, both teams kind of seemed like they were playing tickle fight or patty cake, however you want to say it, um, and then uh, the end of the game. Uh, was was a lot of fun. Both teams uh, looked like they just wanted to play to the last possession. Uh, like I said, I really could deal without that type of football for the rest of my life. Um, John Younger again says, D-line uh, depth is solid, loving Brevard Caraway unit. Uh, I, I love what I see from this D-line. I think it's the strength of the team right now. I don't think anybody could um, could defy me and convince me otherwise. But Caraway specifically has just amazing upside. I love this group. Um, Nathan Hartman, my pal who sits right behind me at Ross aid says, boiler up, hammer down, win the West. Let's go. And it's every one of these games, man. Uh, we get a, we get a step closer to saying Purdue might, uh, might be able to win the West. That's, that's a, that's a fun thing to think about. As you know, if you pay attention to the news, the sports news, the, um, the divisions are probably going to go away in the next couple of seasons. Could be as early as next year. I hear um, and if that happens, that'd be kind of sad because I, I kind of have grown to, to love this group in the West. Um, uh, Nathan Hartman has another comment. He says, Maryland's penalties overcame Purdue's turnovers, I guess. And Purdue's side. Uh, Maryland's penalties overcame Purdue's turnovers, I guess. Survived it. They survived it. That's a big deal. Survive in advance. Yeah. Long time of year for that. Um, so Mohill93 says, yep, traveled from Lafayette. So that's awesome. Good, good fan. Very good fan. That's a that's a good long trip. Don't know if you have fa uh, family out there, but Jay, who's not, I think he's four hours. Jay Money from this very uh, site, from this feed, feed. He uh, he said he wasn't going to go to College Park. He said he didn't want to go there. I, it doesn't look like a beautiful stadium. I don't know anything about it, um, and I don't know if that's a fun campus. I really don't know anything about it. Again, I've never been to Maryland, but um, I still think they're in the Big Ten. I think they're living a lie. No, I'm just kidding. They're in the Big Ten, whether you like it or not. That athletic director is a genius getting them in when he did. Um, let's see. Uh, Mark Garrity says, Wisconsin looked good today against Northwestern. Mark, 
you and I would look good versus Northwestern. Uh, they're not very good. But maybe Wisconsin's figured some things out. Who knows? Maybe that's all they needed was to fire Paul Christ, and now it's all cured. I don't buy that. But I'll, here's what I'll say. If Purdue doesn't come into the Wisconsin game when they play them ready to um, uh, ready to play the best version of Wisconsin. They're fools, right? I mean, we're on 19 years since Purdue beat Wisconsin. That's a freaking big deal, right? So next week, let's look at the the uh, schedule Purdue plays. They welcome Nebraska to West Lafayette, and then they go to Wisconsin before welcoming Iowa to Purdue. Again, if you want to roll this, we could just keep rolling the importance of these games, but I'd really say Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, those are extremely important games, as is Northwestern IU, but but really, those, that, that next four stretch, right, we can just keep doing this. So Purdue wins two games that a lot of people thought would be difficult, me included. I thought those two games that just happened were, were pretty pivotal. October is pivotal, having three away games, um, one of them being at Wisconsin. That's a massive undertaking to say try to go three and one, um, and Purdue is in position to go three and one. But they got to they gotta lock their jaw, man, get, this, get, get ready for, um, for just – Man, it's 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 amazing to think that they've righted some of the things, but some of the problems are still there. Uh, I still think there's plenty of tape to watch for the coaches to say, okay, hey, we got to work on this, this, and this. Plenty of things to look at. I think it's great to see AOC is getting a little bit better, um, get a little bit healthier every week, playing like himself. That's a huge, huge deal. Um, but yeah, next week the Nebraska game is sold out at Ross. Said you won't see me there, sadly. Um, uh, made a decision. Uh, that I was going to join my family for the full fall break uh, out of Indiana. So, sorry, if uh, Nathan, if, if I was going to see you there, I'm not going to see you there now. So, um, anyway, uh, oh, good. John Younger says Illinois versus Iowa is tied at three. Riveting football as it always is with Iowa. Um, but Purdue improves to four and two. That's a, uh, that's a big deal. And um, – I don't know if you can say they've righted the ship, but the if you were anything like me, you thought nine or ten wins was a possibility. It's still a possibility. They're still clinging and holding on to that with, with tooth and nail. And um, if they can continue to roll a little bit, good things can happen. I thank you. Uh, I thank you for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you for listening. If you're listening to it on the audio feed, one of your audio feeds, your favorite podcast feed, um, and. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Hammer down. We'll see you.